It is my belief that every woman has a story to share, a brokenness to heal, a silence to give voice to. I have a thousand and you do too. This is a safe space where we can sit back, supportive of every woman, and be that place to embrace our brave and share. We see you. We hear you. We support you. I am your host, Misty Wagner, and this is the Rainy Day Collective Podcast. 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 Rainy Day Collective. The Rainy Day Collective Podcast. 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 Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Rainy Day Collective Podcast. I am your host, Misty, and my guest today is children's mental health advocate and author, Wendy DeMar. Wendy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I've been looking forward to it. I'm super excited. I know we had to reschedule like a couple months ago, and so finally, here we are. Here we are. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about you. Hmm. Well, I guess I st- about 20 years ago, I guess I st- was having all kinds of health issues and going to doctors and specialists and it was the not sleeping at night, body pain, that kind of thing. And they couldn't find anything physically wrong with me. So I eventually went to an astrologist and she said, told me that there was nothing physically wrong with me. It was all stress related. And she suggested a wonderful book by Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way and meditation and so I did the it's a 12-week program the artist's way includes artist dates walks meditation and continued my meditation and yeah it just changed my life so at the time I was well I've always I've worked with kids for over 20 years and I was noticing in the education system just these kids had more and more fears and more and more worries and nothing really done in formal education for it so I wanted to to help. And I became certified as a child meditation facilitator, as well as other health and wellness courses. And I started teaching empowerment classes to children, both in and out of the education system. And then that morphed into me working with scary adults and (laughs) teaching self-development and meditation to them. And then all of a sudden I was doing workshops and women's conferences and on the corporate world, just for stress and more balance. And, and then and now I also do sport and mental prep just to make them mentally strong and ready. And yeah, and that's where I got where I am. And then I got laid off with COVID and I had talked about writing a book for 10 years to help because I had so many parents and teachers, professionals sure. reaching out to me. They didn't know what to do with the, how to help their kids with mental and emotional health. So I got laid off and I didn't have any, I didn't have an excuse anymore. So I, wrote Empower in Our Future, and this is where I am today. <laughs> that is amazing. I am here for all of that. Yeah. I I am a big believer in, as we, I and I think it's twofold, like I come from um, a family, my mom had severe mental illness, and mm-hmm. I, so I think it's twofold. I think on one hand, we've definitely seen, especially with children, more of a breakdown then I'm a Gen X and I feel like it was simpler. Our, like that childhood was just simpler. We had less distractions, less 
um, like screen addictions, more outside, more creativity, more tactile, hands-on play, more sensory connection. And yeah, as kids have grown up in the future generations, they have so much more of their lives revolve around screens. So there is that less of a sensory connection. And so I really see that, how that would deteriorate the process of like mental health as growth and development happens. Um, But also I think that what is interesting is we are talking about things and Mm -hmm. being a Gen Xer, like we early on didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Like our, Mm -hmm. our, my parents' generation didn't talk about mental health. Like nobody, yeah, nobody talked about that stuff. And it's very interesting because I think we were more aware of it, but also I do think that it is bigger it's worse mm-hmm. than it used to be. And a lot of that is that lack of connection, which is one of the reasons I personally am such a connection advocate because yes, people too. used to thrive in more community than they do now. And neighborhoods connected and neighbors knew each other and they had block parties and yeah. you could trust yeah. your neighbor to make sure your kids were safe. And that just isn't, that isn't the case anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's super interesting. Also huge fan of the artist way. It, yes. Life-changing. Yes, that's what started me on this journey. And also um, through that book, what I realized is that I probably always had anxiety, like when I was younger, because when I was younger, I was so sensitive and I was constantly told because going back to what you said, the mental health thing wasn't, my parents still don't think it's a thing. Yeah. And, and um, like going back there, I was always told, you know, you're too sensitive. You can't don't be so sensitive. You can't cry all the time. So what I did is I eventually just hid my authentic, hid who I was and tried to be somebody else. And we can't live your authentic life. That's absolutely when anxiety starts. So yeah, that was all part of it. And all that came up and yeah. That's so good when you can't live your authentic life. That's when anxiety starts. Super, super powerful. And it's so hard too, because you can't blame our parents' generation. Like they, they were better than their parents' generation in regards to accepting things. Like we just, we just get better and we can't hold them responsible. They did the best they knew. They did. And, and my parents are wonderful and, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and everything that I do now and I talk about, they, they listen (laughs) and they, you know, not so hoodoo voodoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> my my grandma, I talk about it a little bit in my book, but my grandma um was like a devout a devout Christian, like devout Christian, but she also had like psychic visions and was that's very cool. prone to dead relatives coming and talking to her and <laughs> she just like handled and no one ever people knew she didn't lie, she was honest, like she sometimes too honest. And no one ever questioned like the relationship between those two things. And it's really interesting because outside of that family unit, I've never seen that. You have like the really devoutly religious people and then you have, and they're like, no, that's, that's all bad. That's just yeah. the devil. And then you have those people that are like, no religion, like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think about my grandma all the time. I'm like, we can have a relationship with the two. Yes. That's so funny. Well, um, so tell us a little bit about your book. Well, so um, I use 
all of the, what I don't know, kind of a little bit different strategies. My strategies are mindfulness, meditation, gratitude, self-talk, affirmations. And each chapter, there's, I wrote a meditation that correlates with each chapter. So the, the book is really for parents and teachers and professionals to read that teaches them strategies to incorporate with their children to help with mental and emotional well-being. So one of my favorite meditations that I wrote is for uh, uh, positive self-talk. So, you know, I just guide them, relax their body and do some breathing. And then a big fluffy cloud comes down and takes them up through the through the air and through an archway. And on the other side, there are hundreds of thought bubbles, some with positive, some with negative. And at any time they can go over and pop the negative self bubble, talk negative self-talk bubbles. And the kids love it. But even the adults that have reached out to me, I have lots of adults that will use that as a way to change from negative to positive thoughts as well. Because we know, I'm, I mean, the minute we, we can become aware of our thoughts. Our thoughts control everything, right? So we can observe them and you know, so the minute I'm feeling, okay, why am I feeling sad today? What's going on? Okay, what was I just thinking about? You know, and if you can change that thought through affirmations, through breathing, breath's always my anchor to bring me back to the present moment. The present moment is the best place to be because we have the least amount of stress there. So like I have, but... You know, everybody's looking for a quick fix, right? Yeah. Like everybody wants a quick fix. Well, no, it takes hard work. It's not, you have to be diligent. Like I have the same things that I do every day, my same, same morning routine that sets me on a positive note for the day. And then if I'm having writer's block or something goes wrong, I always do the three in, hold for one and three out. I do maybe five cycles of that. And on the exhale, I just say, relax the muscles in my jaw, neck, and shoulders. Do that five times. And it brings me right back to the present moment. Mm, yeah. So smart. Yeah. Like you could, I make like five times throughout the day. I'll do that three count breathing. That's so healthy. And again, like it comes back to these aren't things like when, when I was growing up, I, and I don't know if we're in the same age bracket or not. There was no talk about like negative self-talk or any of that. Like you were pretty and confident or you weren't like yes. that. Those were it. There, there was no, like, I have low self-esteem because I beat myself up or I have negative self-talk or I'm feel like learning to engage and connect with our feelings or name them or live in them. There was a lot of, okay, get over it. You need I to know. get over it. Yeah. yeah. Pull up your big girl pants. It's yeah. time to, and oh, it just, I love the, not to like use the word woke, you know, out of context, but I love that about right now and today that we can talk about these things and learn. And so you're right. Like, even though it may be geared towards children, like we are parenting our inner children in a sense, yes. because yeah. we have to fix those things that were just glossed over that no one new to talk about. So I, I love that. I, I'm going to get your book because I'm super excited and I don't even have to oh, home book. Thank you. but I wish I had, I wish I had had some resource like that when I was parenting back mm -hmm. in the day, because it would have made a huge difference. I think. Yes. My poor children were my Guinea pigs. <laughs> they've done, 
they did all, but they, you know, it's funny though, they're growing up too, and they use these strategies all the time. And at the time, I remember my little girl one table, <laughs> I don't know, she was 12. She goes, mom, can you just cut the spiritual stuff right now? Like, but you know, they use it. That's part of their life. But yeah, so there's all those different, so meditation goes with each chapter. I do one, you know, for gratitude and affirmations where they repeat in themselves, I am enough. I am strong. I am brave because that's when I've worked in the school system. That's a part of, you know, the kids just think they're not good enough and they're dumb. You know, they say, I'm dumb. I can't do this. But if we get them to change that around and say, well, did you like, did you try your hardest? Yeah, I did. Okay. Well then let's change it. I, I tried my hardest. I'm doing the best that I can. That's okay. easy stuff. I yeah, it was that. that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the, and I kept the book really short, well, to the point and an easy read, because as we know, parents and teachers, and they don't have a lot of time, so they may get these resources, but if they're a big, hard to read, thick book, they're just overwhelmed right away. So tried to keep it an easy read and, you know, I'm I just, love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And also like to go back to Julia Cameron's book. Yeah. Um, there really is like, we are created beings and yes. made in the image of a creator. So we are at our truest, most engaged self when we are creating something. And as the years have passed in the education system and budget cuts happen, that's immediately what they start to pull are the arts. And a lot of times when you, even when you have like a drama program, which is creative, it's after school, it's in times that aren't accessible to everyone. And maybe that particular field isn't something that's interesting to someone. And so as they've taken away the arts, definitely the lack of confidence and personal growth in themselves has depleted with kids as well, because they're just not having that ability to just create and grow. It's these little systemic take tests, take tests, do math, do math, do science, do science, and just be these little students and they need more than that sometimes they do that's my and and I've noticed that too and as you're saying that you know I've noticed such a increase in stress and anxiety in kids and decrease in self-esteem and self-confidence and that is one of the reasons I believe because I'm so with you we need to be creative it's such a great way to be present when you're creative you're present and you feel good and it's a, an excellent outlet for yeah. all of those emotions and feelings creativity is yeah needs to be important for sure and I think too that like what happens when kids aren't encouraged to be creative is when they do try it because we are such a like a an excel at things kind of um like people and so when we when we do try it, if we're not good at it immediately, then it just, we add it to our list of failures and inadequacies. Mm. And I think that's so hard because part of being creative is learning to fail and the healthy side of realizing you're not good at everything and, and whether you're good at it or not doesn't matter. It's what, what is it doing for you? Do you enjoy it? Is mm -hmm. it fun? Like yeah. those are the important things. It doesn't matter if it's like something that's going to sit on a gallery wall someday like that's never been the point but it kind of has exactly. become the point we have to be good at it or we just decide we're not creative we're not artistic we're not whatever and 
And like you, you mentioned about as I think you said confidence and self-esteem aren't there, but like stress and anxiety are. And it's like, we're each a vessel, we're each a glass and we have the same amount of volume we're going to have either way. It's mm-hmm. going to be full no matter what, but it's up to us to determine healthy ways to make it full of the good things like confidence and feeling good about ourselves and feeling self-assured and positive and not having anxiety, or it's going to be full of the negative things we have to, like, you can't, when you take one away, it's going to be filled with something else. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. It's become, I mean, anxiety, the stats are staggering for the young generation for anxiety and depression. So we, yeah, we have to do all that we can because there are future leaders. That's our future. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to show change the world, it has to be through our children. So compassion and connection absolutely need to be taught in schools because compassion, you know, has the power to unite humanity and unite us all. But these are things that need to be taught in, st- in school, I feel. Agreed. And while you're talking, the one thing that I've thought about is the the numbers have risen in regards to suicide among our kids. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely a, a group of people who believe that it's because we talk more about mental health and suicide awareness. And that never sat right with me because like, I really believe in letting the light in because that's what chases the shame out. But I think that it comes down to what you're talking about. It's not that we're discussing these things and we have like dialogue around them and we're changing the narrative. It's that even still in a lot of these kids' lives, the things they need aren't there. And so Mm -hmm. when the anxiety is consuming them or the stress is consuming them and no one is there to, to help them learn how to correct that, which is your mission, but obviously you can't do that for every child. No. Then they, you know, maybe they just reach a point of hopelessness and it's, I, I totally, yeah, my point being, I love what you're doing because putting that, putting your book in the hands of people who can help kids is the one thing that is going to help correct those numbers. And I I hope so. (laughs) I do. It's just you. Yeah. And the, the people, See the thing, the same thing is with kids, though, right? Like the, the kids will come to my empowerment class, but I only have them for four weeks, one hour, one night. So then I send it all home: the information, the parents, the meditations. But if the parents, they have to keep up with it and be consistent and do a meditation with them every night. You just read it to them; it's as safe as a bedtime story. Like they're not affiliated with any religion whatsoever. They're just right. So it's that and to remind them you know okay stop do your breathing and when you're done follow it up with a positive affirmation like mine that I use all the time is I unapologetically am because for years I made excuses about who I was or you know and now I'm just like no way this is me take it or leave it and that's that's yeah but it takes you got to get to a certain age 
I think it takes a long time for us as women, like self, that self-love thing is tough. You got to work on Exactly. And our coping mechanisms have been in place since we were single digit age. So it is naive to expect of ourselves and unfair really. And part of like the negative self-love stuff to expect that after a little bit of therapy or a little bit of coaching or a little bit of whatever, it's just going to correct itself. It takes time and you might correct it for six months, but then something big may happen and you're Mm -hmm. going to revert back to those coping mechanisms. And yeah, it is a process that is a lifelong process, change and growth. And sometimes we learn the same lessons 5,000 times and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Instead of beating ourselves up over it, we just have to realize like, this is why I have the tools now to redirect my thoughts. Yes. And yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Just to have that backpack of tools. Cause like I, I already mentioned, people think it's a quick fictional, they'll do meditation for a week and their life will be changed. And then they stop all. No, right. <laughs> it's gotta be a part of your life. You need to like, I have my morning routine that I do every day. So I start on a positive note and then something happens or whatever, you know, it just, you're more, I find that I, you know, I react much better to things that happen and I'm, don't get so upset. I don't, I don't know. Like if you, if you start your day with meditation and, and before my feet even hit the floor in the morning, I list five things I'm grateful for. And then when I'm doing in the shower, brushing my teeth, I do some affirmations and then, you know, carry on. At least it's a good start to your day, right? Like what we always said, how you start your day is how you live your day and how you live your day is how you live your life. Louise Hay always said that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I think too, like going back to what you said about you have the kids for X amount of time, but then it's up to the parents to continue like Mm -hmm. supporting the work. I think too, that what's really important for, um, parenting can be so defeating and we all have our own journeys and it's isolating. And so I think it's really important for parents to realize that there is probably always going to be, at least until your kids are way older, there's going to be this weird divide between your kids and you. And it's not that they don't love you and it's not that you don't love them, but they're not always going to listen to you because you're the parent. And especially when you don't put into practice what you're telling your kids to do. And so working through those things with kids is great, but practicing it with them, doing it with them, letting them see that that implementation in your own life is really what is going to make the most foundational difference. Yes, for sure. Because children model us, they model our behavior. So yeah, it's absolutely true. And it, and I think it's so important too, that, you know, parents need to do the work and deal with their issues. Otherwise they project it onto their children and that's a whole nother show. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's important. I know even with young kids for like for four or five or three-year-olds, parents can just sit cross-legged on the floor and be doing their breathing and those little kids will come and sit with them and sit cross-legged and they'll do what mommy's doing or what daddy's doing and that's good because now they're still because children there's 
you know, with they're bombarded with sights and sounds and screens and all that frantic energy needs to be counterbalanced with stillness. So just sitting with your parent, closing your eyes and not talking and breathing, just another good, good strategy, good tool. I love it because again, you're right. Like kids are so overstimulated mentally Mm -hmm. with, um, like these sensory images and things, but their bodies are kind of lifeless while doing that, just sitting for long periods of time. And that, that we're not designed for that. We're designed to Mm -hmm. run and play. And we still are engaged sensory wise in that way with sights and sounds and smells, but it's just, it's a little bit more encompassing and different. It's not that screens are bad, but it's everything in moderation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, so I personally struggle with meditation. Um, so I'm curious what tips you would have for those of us who struggle and it isn't, my mind wanders a little bit, but that isn't my biggest problem. My biggest problem is that it just feels like one more thing I need to do. Oh, I hear that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I would love your tips on that. Well, I don't, do you do guided meditations or I, transcendental? I tend to do guided um, just because, and sometimes I will just sit and like meditate on my own, mm-hmm. but to get in that frame of mind, I tend to do guided and then maybe extend to beyond that. But I'm so yeah. inconsistent in practicing because my days sometimes are really full and I have yeah. chronic illness. And so the opposite of that is my days sometimes are really just kind of foggy and I'm not connected. And then, you know, I get through a slump of that. And then I come back to like the 9,000 things that ended up getting rescheduled Mm -hmm. and it just, yeah, it's, it becomes one more thing. And I don't like that. I want it to be. (sighs) Well, all I know is once you start experiencing and feeling the benefits in your life, you will continue to do it. But like I said, it's not a quick fix and breathing is meditation. So you could even start if you're having a hard time or anybody's having a hard time, but it is just start with the breathing part or do a walking, do you walk meditation? Do you walk outside? Um, Sometimes it depends honestly on how I'm feeling. Yeah. uh, Like pain wise. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Anyways, yes. So you can do walking meditation. So instead of on your walk, instead of thinking about everything that needs to be done and everything that didn't get done, again, now see, we use our senses, hear every sound, smell every smell, see every sight, be aware of every step you take. And you can start even with that, like walking meditation. Also the breathing, breathing is a form of meditation. So even if you begin your day before you get out of bed, maybe sit up and just do five rounds of that three count breathing. Start even with just five because you think it's too much. And then once you are feeling good, you might extend it to like six or seven. So and I, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, like I do, I've been meditating for years and I do guided meditations. I do walking meditations. I just sit and breathe. I do with a mantra. It just depends on the day and I've been doing it this long and there are days I quit after 20 minutes and I go, well, that was a complete waste of time. My mind was all over the place and that's okay. But what's important is that you just sat and let your body rest and be still. And there's so many physiological benefits in that. 
Yeah, I do. I'm a big fan of breathing exercises and mm-hmm. I do do those regularly. So thank you for validating me. And this yeah. is a form of meditation because that makes me yeah. feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of breathing exercises for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people have trouble when they first start meditating. Like you think it's going to be easy, but they, they think that it isn't doing anything because they're even, and sometimes when you first start your monkey chatter, your mind chatter is going to be uh, worse than it was. Cause your body's like, Hey, what's happening here? This, you know, mm-hmm. it's not used to it, but then you get used to it and it gets easier and, and you'll never let it out of your life again. <laughs> That's good. To, that's good to know. And it's good to know that even after so many years, you still have days where you're like, well, that didn't, that no. didn't get right. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I have my down days too. But like you said, we have those strategies in our backpack that we can pull out at any minute. And what I've learned, and it's so important because, you know, when you first start on this journey, sometimes you're on the self-help track and reading every book out there. And sometimes those set you up for failure because then when you do have a bad day, it's like, what's wrong with me? Then I would judge myself. I have all these books. I'm doing all this. And then I'm criticizing myself and hard on myself and judging myself. But now I'm like, no, I need to have this day. I'll just ride the wave, you know, let the emotion do what it needs to do and see what it's trying to tell me. And then tomorrow's another day. I love that. When I work with clients, I'm a a grief and trauma coach. And Mm -hmm. when I work with clients, I really advocate for stillness and sitting in a space um, because we don't do that anymore. And we just, we don't. And I think that's, what's so jarring when, when a lot of people try meditation is you're right. Your brain starts kind of almost attacking you because you mm-hmm. don't, we don't sit in stillness anymore. Even when right. we're sitting, we're watching something, consuming something, yeah. eating something. We're always consuming. And the problem with that emotionally is that we have never learned. Many of us have never learned to sit in an emotion. And so right. we just disregard them or try to rush through them, try to rush through grief, tell ourselves like, well, it's been four weeks since that terrible thing happened. I should be over it. I should be on to a new phase of grief right now. And, and the reality is we don't know why always we have the emotions that we have, Right. but whatever we're feeling, we have to sit in it. We can't yes. live there. We can't build a house there, but we can no. sit in it. And if we acknowledge it and validate it and work through that, then it does go away on its own and it does mm-hmm. morph into something else. And that's okay. There is not an emotion in the world that is unhealthy to feel. Exactly. And that's what I always say about meditation. Meditation is helps you to become aware of your emotions and your feelings and then to let them go so you don't get stuck, right? It's not about not that's huge too. I have so many adults that have come out of a meditation and crying because they're, you know, releasing things or acknowledging stuff. And it's hard work. Who wants to? You know, it's hard work. Yeah. It is easier to ignore it all and just pretend. It absolutely is. But you're not happier that way. Like those people who do that aren't happy. They're either caught in like toxic positivity or resentment or a mix of both. And that's, that's no way to live. That's a terrible way to waste our time and our lives. But the longer we put it off, the harder, the harder it gets. Cause there's more unraveling to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I am super excited about your book. I'm really geeked out about what you do. Um, 
Thank and you. yeah, I, I have loved chatting with you. Um, before we wrap with the wrap questions, is there anything else that you would like to say? Mm, no, I, um, it, I can, is it okay if I give my website? Oh, yeah, I'll give all that. At the end, okay. I will ask you all that information. No, I'm just, I've been so excited to talk to you and it's really important for me because I find I don't, as you know, well, I'm in Alberta and I'm all alone. So I don't have a huge community and I've just started, you know, when writing's a lonely life. So I, I, it's important, like I'm on Instagram now and I'm trying to build a community and have support and people because we need each other, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. So, so I was just, I'm happy. Yeah. That. I'm on here and, and I, yeah, I do a blog once a week and a newsletter once a month. And all of my blogs are addressing mental and emotional well-being and health for both adults and children. So there's just tips in there all the time just to help. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so moving on to our wrap questions, we have three question. Number one is where is the best place that your feet have taken you? always the mountains and nature always that's my when I'm there I'm present and it's like they take me home you know what I mean back to myself oh yeah I do I have, know what you mean I yes. come from the mountains and I live where there are no mountains oh that's the hard. worst yeah because the minute you're in the trees it's just okay I'm here I'm back mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yes absolutely and there's something really magical about mountains too when you're like out in like the valley or whatever, they are like a compass and you always know which direction you're going and where you are because the skyline like indicates that for you. And when you've had that your whole life and then you move somewhere where there are no mountains, I feel lost all the time. I never know if I'm going North or like, I just, I never know because it's the same all the way around. And I realize I'm a little bit stunted in regards to that because I miss the mountains. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, Question number two, what is something that you are, or you've watched or read uh, recently that is giving you life? That's giving me life. So I read, too, like my morning is my educational spiritual read to get me going. And then at night I read fiction, something to dive in. So at night it's usually, it would be like Outlander, or Virgin River, something where I can just lose myself and forget, lose my thoughts. And then in the morning, well, I think Untamed was probably the so last good. one I read. Yeah, I love her. So yes. good. I know. Um, yeah, I, oh, that book. Um, mm-hmm. Virgin River. Did you watch this series or do you watch the series? Yeah, I watched it. I think there's like two series. Was there two years? Two, two or three. I think the third yeah. season just came out. Um, how does it play with the books? How does it play with the books? Like, does it, yeah, it's because it's adapted from the books. Like, do you feel oh, like I it's don't a good know. adaptation? I never read the books. Oh, okay. No, okay. yeah, I just, I've only just watched the... You're watching the series, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I, know. I'm curious I, about the books. I know Outlander is books too, but I don't have time yes. for that. No. <laughs> oh, that's a big, thick read. Yeah, Diana, sure. yeah. Mm. Um. So question number three is, what is something you deserve a gold star for today? 
I would say being here with you because there was a time in my life that I said no to these kind of uh, opportunities because my fear and anxiety, I just, I wouldn't sleep for a week. It would cause me too much stress. So I just say no. So that I'm able to be here with you and I was okay. (laughs) And I wasn't like really nervous or I was just excited to talk to you, which is a huge step for me. I love it. And I can relate to that too. I used to be a, a no-sayer because the anxiety was crippling. And yeah, if, if anyone out there listening feels like relates to that, honestly, for me personally, the thing that changed that was just starting to say yes. Yes. And just showing up like nothing else magically changed that. It was literally just getting the courage to work through the nerves and say yes. And I am not nervous about anything like that anymore. Yeah. And yeah, it's that's that's how magic works. Just do it. it, Yes, because it does get easier and easier because now I've been doing this for a while and it does get easier. You know, the first few are, oh, I don't even remember what I said when I was up there at right. conferences or workshops, <laughs> but now I, I remember most things I've said. <laughs> so yeah. 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 I love it. Um, well, yeah. Tell our listeners where to find you on the okay. internet. So wendydemar.com is my website and it's got all the, you know, blogs, information. I have my YouTubes up there, other podcasts I've did, my media links. And I am on at Wendy DeMar Author on Instagram and Wendy DeMar Author on Facebook. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for hanging out and sharing your wisdom and your growth. And it was really informative. And I really, 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 I really appreciated it. It was a great point to my day. Oh, good. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we will, we will be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. Ratings and reviews from listeners like you can go a long way in getting our little show noticed. The Rainy Day Collective podcast exists because of the hard work, passion, and commitment of Chantal Rocher, Maggie Friedenberg, Nikki Johnson, and Veronica Hummel with additional technical engineering by Chris Wagner. I am your host, Misty Mae Wagner, and as always, our team is so grateful for your listening, sharing, and support. Wherever the rest of your day takes you, may it be full of beauty, grace, and connection.